welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that we can, uh, you can download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. With me today, Stan McKenzie. Hi, Dave. Um, I'm here. I'm pumped. We've got a big show. Yes. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a summit finish. Ooh, the yeah. penultimate day, and it's a summit finish, but it's a curly one. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk about it. Talking about Curly, we've got a good fa- uh, a good guest with us. We've got a great guest. <laughs> I'm yes. saying Curly because he's got a bit of a beard going on and a bit of curls going on in the beard. It's Matt Goss. How are you, Matt? Um, how are you, Gossie? Good, thanks, guys. See you. Well, the, the, yeah, the Gossie, you look <laughs> like you have just slipped into retirement beautifully. I tell you what, I, I don't think I know another former pro that is so chilled out like you. Is that a fair comment? Oh, mate, I'll take it. Absolutely. I've been called plenty of things. <laughs> <laughs> how, how have you been enjoying this Tour de France? Yeah, it's been fantastic. It's it's even better, you know, when we've got somebody up there that's really in contention. And, uh, you know, it's always exciting. It's always fun to watch. And, uh, you know, this is a, a fantastic year for, for Aussies and for Tassie. Yeah, I was going to say, Gossie, you must be, uh, yeah, pretty proud of Richie, as you said. But for a guy who's 35, the, the bad luck that he's had, I think we've all been sort of riding on his coattails, haven't we, in this one? Because he, he sort of made no secret that it's probably his last sort of big tilt at the general classification. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've seen many of tours over the last, you know, four, five, six years where he's been in the shape but just hasn't had the luck go his way. And, you know, even a few days ago there with the puncher, I thought there was a few hearts in mouths. But, uh, look, he seemed to have got through. This one's, you know, by himself today. So that should be hopefully no worries. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can make up those last, you know, was it I think minute 39 or something. But, uh, it'd be fantastic to see him climb on the podium. He's he's been close a few times. Had the well, had the condition a few times, but just not luck on his side. Very uh, big thank you for you to to come in on this program to debrief with us uh, what's happened uh, over the last few days and specifically yesterday and what's coming up today and tomorrow in Paris mm. because you've got a lot of experience about that uh, Champs Elysees and, and that drive up to to Paris. But uh, yesterday, Sunweb did it again. They were brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Masterclass, tactical masterclass. I think they've been the tacticians, Gossi, of this Tour de France. I mean, they're not the biggest or most, uh, you know, with the biggest names of the squad. But, gee, uh, what some riders they've got. And uh, yesterday was, again, another example of that. Yeah, mate, absolutely. They've been fantastic. And, uh, you know, I think that there'll be a few people wanting to see Michael Matthews there. But, Look, they've absolutely shown they've made some good decisions with the team they've taken and they've been, been riding fantastically. So, you know, hats off to them uh, to win, was it three stages, is uh, an incredible feat in any one tour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's have a listen to uh, the winner of the stage, is Kai Anderson. Uh, yes, I, I have to say the last kilometer when he really, I was screaming like, can you confirm one minute? I didn't believe it. Then I was like, yeah, this is two wins in, in the same Tour de France. I, yeah, I'm speechless. That's, uh, I could never have dreamed about something better. You were, of course, in a very strong group with very fast men. 
you took off exactly when you needed to? Yeah, I was thinking the same when uh, when the group was there. I was like, oh, he has all the best riders in the world from uh, you know with the hilly terrain, and I was like, well, how do I beat these guys? But yeah, the moment came after Trentin, he attacked really hard, and I was also at the limit, but yeah, I just, I, I was thinking, okay, if I just get a small gap, maybe, yeah, they, they start looking at each other, and that's exactly what happened, and uh, yeah, that was my luck. It's another masterpiece uh, for Team Sunweb, uh, a third stage victory with two for you, uh, one for, for Mark. It's going to be a tour that you're going to remember for a long time. Yeah, for my for the rest of my life, I think uh, yeah, this is uh, memory for life, and I'm just uh, yeah, I'm just super happy. Yeah. And he can be super happy. Did you notice he's got a lot of bling uh, with that big medal? I made a photo of you yesterday on Twitter with some bling the around metal, your neck. The medals, <laughs> I, it, it actually, when you look closely at it, it looks fantastic. But at first you think like, hang on, is that like fake gold or something? Because <laughs> he spewing, you never got one of those? Yeah, mate, it looks fantastic, didn't it? But um, I don't know if I could pull that off. You know, I don't know how to go with the beard. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I reckon it would match perfectly. Uh, really well. Joke aside, you've been on on teams that have won many, many, many stages at the Tour de France. Uh, tell us what it what it feels as a as a team member when you know one of your guys is up there wins that stage. That that group feeling. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, um, you know, in HTC, I think in two thousand eleven, we won six or seven stages or something in the Tour, and you just obviously five. I think five of those were Cav, but. It just you just feed off each other, and everyone's so motivated, so uh, you know, excited that you know everyone believes that they can win. It's just such a great environment that when you do start winning, it's it's been said a million times. You know, it's like a snowball effect, and you know, one result picks up the whole team, and it's just easy to keep going and going. Um, but you know, again, the Tour de France in 2013, I think it was when we won the team time trial. You know, it's pretty amazing to stand on a podium with all your mates as well, and that's that's something that you know I'll never forget. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a good comment here from uh, from Gareth that says uh, they could have had five or six stage wins, Sunweb, mm. if Hershey would have gone to the end of all the raids he's made. Uh, that, that could have been five or six. They've been dominating that sort of strategic side of the tour. Yeah, they've been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what if? if you yeah, what if? What if? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, but he Hershey has been the, the yeah. sensation, hasn't he, for sure. And that, But that team has been... And, no, no, it's a superb effort, really. And, and actually, if you're interested by by Sunweb, we were lucky enough to interview the director sportif yeah. of Sunweb, which is going to be coming up tomorrow in the program alongside uh, Mike Tomolaris. We still will be as, worried as about, we sip the champagne. As we yeah, uh, yeah as we yeah, sip the champagne. Yeah. Actually, we should do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to bring in a bottle today. There you go. But I thought I better not. I better wait. Bring it tomorrow. Bring hours. it tomorrow. Uh, but we've got a great interview. With one of the director sportif of Sunweb. Mm, and give Winston. us the uh, give us the insight. Uh, you know, of that strategic side of how they make decisions. Uh, that was a, a good, actually, a very good interview yeah. we had with him. Um, Sam Bennett has been telling us a lot about this inside his head. What's going on inside his head about winning this green jersey? So I'd like us to listen to Sam Bennett and then we talk about with you, uh, Gossi, about this sort of mental game that it's playing with him. Yeah, the, it, this, it, this green jersey... Um... The race for the green jersey has been a completely new experience for me. Because um, normally, okay, I set up the fight in the mountain stages uh, to stay in, but but now I have to race the beginning to watch the breakaway, watch the riders that get in, then I have to race for the intermediate, and then I have to do the bunch sprints. And 
there's never any of that up and it's more the, the mental capacity how much you have and how much you can concentrate and keep going um, it, it, it was quite hard um, it's, it's on all the time and there's like often three three points throughout the day the, the breakaway the intermediate and the sprint so it's quite hard and it added up and the legs got heavier and heavier as the, the week the days went on so um, completely new experience um, but I, I'm happy that uh, I gave it a go Le- legs going heavier. Can after. I just say, Gossy, he looks, he doesn't look too happy. He's like completely <laughs> drained. It's, and I mean, I say that tongue and cheek, but the amount of mental energy that is required, yeah. it's, it just is displayed right there, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I remember, I think in 2012, we're racing for the Green Jersey with Green Edge against uh, Sargon. And he's right, you know, you don't have a day off. You know, you, you're always going to watch for the breakaway, you're watching for, the intermediate sprint, then you've got to try and do the bunch sprint at the finish of the day. And against someone like Sargon, you know, you, you start a mountain stage. And I remember looking up the road and you see him in a breakaway and you're just thinking, how are we going to do this? You know, how do we keep going? And, <laughs> you know, one day we were climbing up. I'm not sure. I can't remember the stage. I think actually it was the stage I ended up getting relegated for. But so it was a waste of energy altogether. But we went over the top of the climb. There was only about 20 guys left. And I remember we go looking at me and Sargon going, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, I don't want to be here, but I have to be like... <laughs> Um, and it was just brutal, you know. You, you, you've always watched them for the break. Every intermediate sprint, you've got to be on the ball with, the, you know, the points set up the way they are. And then you get to the finish, and, you know, that year we were racing guys like Cav, who wasn't going for the intermediates. He was just going for stage wins. So you're always switched on. You're never having a day off, and you're always, you know, seeing who's around you and seeing what you've got to do every, you know, every every set, step of the race. Yeah. In, in that sense, can we say, uh, and I'm not diminishing any of the other jerseys, although you don't like the Polkado jersey, we yeah, need yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. this, but <laughs> is the point jersey, the green jersey, one of the most intense to claim and to keep all the way to Paris? Because you pretty much have to be on alert up to the last finish line. If you're on the Polkadot, Paris is a, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a procession. procession. Yeah. But on the green jersey... Paris is not a procession. No, absolutely. Well, it's one of the most important days, isn't it, really, especially if it's still close and still a, a jersey that's in contention. You know, obviously the, the, the yellow jerseys are a completely different kettle of fish, but uh, you, you are focused from, you know, the very first breakaway or, you know, the first intermediate sprints of the day on stage one until you cross the line in Paris. And, you know, you see everyone laughing and joking and riding in and all you can think about is how stressful and how hard and how how much attention you're still going to be paying on that final you know 40 50 kilometers there and it's not over until you cross the line hmm. yeah absolutely uh there's some good comments here uh about it but there's actually I'll, I'll ask the question uh, straight away uh but is there a favorite bike that you've run or you rode during your your career yeah there's been a few over the years actually i i guess there's a couple of sentimental ones the to win on the the um the venge you know the day it was released in san remo was a pretty cool thing and I basically just wheeled that into the truck and took that home. So that's still sitting in the garage, which is, <laughs> you know, it's a sentimental one. But uh, I still, you know, I've got a lot of bikes from my career, actually. I've kept, you know, pretty much one from each team or, you know, one of each brand from each team. And um, I still think one of the cool ones is the the Cervelo, the Soloist that we got in 2006 or seven. Um, you know, the first full carbon monocle, like aero frame. I, I still look at it in the garage and I got out and rode it, you know, only a few months ago because I just, you know, it's a cool looking bike. Maybe one day you can think about doing a pub with a theme with bikes, all your bikes. <laughs> well, we're actually opening a sports bar in a few weeks. So 
I might have to hang a couple up off the roof uh, on the the walls in there. They'll probably get a bit more use. Yeah, yeah I reckon, <laughs> and I reckon put a dirty big lock around them as well. Yeah, absolutely. What do you make of that green uh, jersey battle? I'm just going to put on the uh, the, the classement on top of it. Uh, we got Bennett. Sagan and Trentin, which are all locked in in, in not so many points. Is, is Paris definitely going to be decisive uh, for what's been coming up for the jersey? Or do you think Bennett's got it in the bag? You just have to really fight it all in Paris. Well, look, it's never in the bag because sprinting is such a high-risk type of thing. But in terms of points and the way we've seen, you know, I think Bennett's been consistently at the front. And um, I, I don't envision it changing. Um, but it, it's nice to see a battle still going on. And you know, in years past, we've seen Sagan, you know, really make it his own and right away. So it's good to see it's a bit of a battle. And, um, you know, I think he's still got it in the bag, but let's let's not ruin a good show in, uh, in Paris. And I, I just hope he had three or four pints uh, yeah, he, when he comes in. I know that interview. He says three or four pints in the race. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, hang on. Three or four points or three or four? I think he's had three or four points. Well, that's, um, what, that's what the legs were heavy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> an Irishman, a, a trusted Irishman. Yeah, it's um, a new form of like, you know, energy drink, isn't it? Yeah, recovery. <laughs> the, the interesting thing, though, Gossy, with, with the whole battle and with Peter Sagan, the two times in the last, what, nine years that he hasn't won yeah. the green, we know about the DQ'd from the whole race a few years ago, uh, which I thought was ridiculous personally. Uh, so he didn't win the green that year. And his relegation this year on stage 11 has cost him 70 points. So the yeah. relegation has cost him 70 and effectively him and Bennett would have been almost going into Paris on the same points. It's quite crazy, isn't and it? And what it cost him mentally as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how much of that, um, apart from the points, do you think has sort of weighed on Sagan uh, uh, psychologically? Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I know kind of a little bit from experience in 2012 when we were racing Saga for the green jersey. I'm not sure how many points we were. It was around 20 or 30 points difference. And I got relegated in a sprint. I think it was stage 12. Um, Saga and I actually had a different time gap because we were in front of the bunch. And I got relegated, which gave me a similar points deficit. You know, it put me back to about 50, 60 points. And then to mentally go into the next day and, you know, try and race for the green jersey again when you know that, it, you know, kind of all hope was lost or, you know, it's made things a lot more difficult. It's so mentally difficult to get your head around doing that breakaway and watching for this, the, the intermediate sprint and doing the race when, you know, you, you've just been docked those points, which has really put the, the whole thing in jeopardy. So, you know, it, it's a testament to him to show that he's kept going and how strong he's kept going and to be still in the race at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. one last question and we move on to the to the other battle, one of the other battles we've got in, a, in this Tour de France. But... Uh, is Caleb Ewan the favourite for Paris? What, what do you think? Uh, I hope so. I think so. You know, it, it's a sprint that it, it should fit him pretty well. You know, that, that's a slight little uphill there. It's a bit of a drag, but, you know, he, he's, he's shown how good he's going again this year. Um, I'd love to see another Aussie win. And wouldn't it be a great finish if we could have Caleb winning the final stage and, you know, Richie making up some time in the, the time trial tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah you've hit it on the head. Wouldn't we love it? That'd be great. And for t- two Aussies, that'd be Brilliant. Two well, the two Aussies at the start and then two Aussies on some sort of podium somewhere yeah. in Paris. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll sign up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have signed up. Double champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we've been batting uh, above our average this year, haven't we? When you look at the yeah, previous year, have, how many, yeah, how many Aussies boys. we've had. And then this year, these mm. guys have just uh, you know, carried the weight. They've done a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I titled this Game On because it's still Game On uh, for the leadership of this race. And we've got an amazing stage coming up tonight. Um, what 
do you think where do you think the the, the solution lies for Roglic or Pogacar? Well, who can ride the quickest? It's yeah, pretty simple, isn't it? It's pretty simple, Gossy. <laughs> it's you know we can we can talk about all the intricacies of it, but at the end of the day, who's got the legs and who can ride the fastest in thirty four kilometers? I don't think you know the fact that Roglic can get the time gaps because everyone else is in front of him. I don't think that will make too much of a difference performance wise. What do you think? I think these guys know the the how to how to ride a time trial. They're they're gonna go out there, they know the limits, they know what, what they can and can't do. And you've got the strongest guys racing for the, the victory, you know, it's a no brainer. And uh, I actually like the look of the time trial, you know, finishing uphill it's gonna be, you know, a real test. I think it does suit, you know, hopefully suit Richie. Yeah, you know, we've seen he can time trial up there, climb by himself a little bit when he got puncher the other day but um look it's just going to be the strongest guy the guy who's got through the freshest there's one more test there's going to be everything chucked on the line and you know they've only got to ride you know the like said the procession into paris tomorrow so there's going to be nothing left out there and i don't think having a time time checks in front of you is a, a plus you know sometimes it can be a, a a negative if you start off a bit slow you're not feeling it take a bit of time to get into it you know I, I think that these guys know their limits they know what they can do and they know how fast they can ride and um, you know, I'll just see a bit of a battle with, uh, you know, the last hurrah before we, we crown another champion. Absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Primoz Roglic. He was straight after the stage last night, but he's already looking ahead. Uh, I did a recon. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I think, quite honest uh, at the end. And uh, you really not, uh, need just uh, to just push as much as possible and just go as fast as possible. The, one of the questions that a lot of riders are asking themselves, are you going to switch bi bikes? Uh, yeah, this I will uh, really consider uh, then tomorrow uh, in the last moment uh, to, to see uh, everything, how it is, how, how are the conditions, uh, and uh, then, yeah, we do the decision. You're just going to take care of yourself or are you going to ask for the times of your biggest rival? Uh, I think I will also get for sure also the times. Uh, so uh, I will I will all the time uh, pretty much know where, where I'm sitting. There you go. So that's uh, the answer from, from Roglic. Uh, he will have the time. Of course, he will have the time. It's quite interesting what you guys said about will he play in his advantage or not, depending on how well he's performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I think, Goss, you're spot on, though. If he does, if Roglic does start a little bit slower and Pogacar, being the sort of young, energetic guy, goes out of the blocks and you get a time gap in the first five kilometres and yeah. you're 20 seconds down, it can start to play on you psychologically. Greg LeMond, incidentally, we always talk about it. LeMond. You always talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I love talking I about it. I try to avoid talking about yeah. it. LeMond <laughs> took no time checks in that 89 yeah, time trial. Uh, he was a hair, yeah, he was ahead of Fignon, obviously, but he took no time checks because he said, I've just got to focus on my ride. What would you do, Gossie, if you were Roglic? Well, I actually think I would have had my headphones in when I was doing them, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> look, like I said before, I think these guys know know their limits and they know, you know, if they know if they're on a good one or a bad one as well. I, I personally probably would take the time checks. It's just a bit of reassurance or if, you know, it gives you a gauge, but... Um, I also think that these guys, or I know they're, they're professional enough, they're experienced enough to not panic if they are, say, you know, uh, 10 or 15, 20 seconds down. And, you know, it's got a bit of a buffer there. So I, I think they're professional enough and they, they know their bodies well enough that if they see a time gap where they're behind, they're not going to panic and, you know, all of a sudden try and sprint the next 5, 10 Ks just to try and get that back. It's all about, you know, the race against the clock and being empty when they get to the finish line. And, and uh, these guys know how to do that. They know how to do it perfectly. And that's why they're at the front of the race uh, in the positions that they're in. 
Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got a question here, and actually, it's going to lead up to, to, to the next segment. But thought on the bike change tonight? What do you think they should do, or, or how is it going to shape up? Because we only saw that more or less once in the Giro before, uh, but that's new for the Tour de France. Sort of the the course, sort of pointing you to change your bike midway through. Yeah, look, I, it's one of those things that can really upset a rhythm. You know, if, if you're comfortable on your time trial bike, which these guys are. Um, you know, I, I probably would be more inclined to stay on the bike you're on. You, you, you've been riding for, what is it, 30-something kilometres before you get there. You're in a rhythm. You, you're comfortable on your bike. Um, you know, changing bikes, yeah, you, you might gain that little advantage. But I think that these guys probably spend enough time on their time trial bikes. And I'd probably prefer to stay on my time trial bike rather than switch around. Have you have, have you raced up Planche de Belfi, Gossi, in your career? I think, yeah, I think we did. Um, I don't remember it specifically, but I'm pretty sure we have... Oh, I don't know, was it somewhere in 2011, 12 or 13, somewhere we did, I think. But um, yeah. I'm, I don't remember the climb. I try to forget them. <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, I, yeah, I think it might. Have been, I, I, it was, I do actually remember one year, I think it was Matt Heyman's first tour, and that's where he, he missed the time cut. So that might have been the year. Yeah. No, I was just curious because I thought if you have, you'll obviously know the climb and – the difference of a TT bike to a road bike. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, without having ridden it myself, but done it in the car, I'd I'd say I'd switch to a road bike. But yeah. you've you know, it's it's fifty fifty. We, we walked up, we walked up a bit. Last oh, we year. walked it. Yeah, it was we, pretty uh, hard walking. It was hard yeah, walking. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, let's listen to Tadej Pogacar because he was asked the question: Are you going to change your bike tonight? And he's not giving much away. I'm. Um... It's time trial. I will go from start to the finish, full gas, and uh, like I do every time. So it's nothing to to what will uh, what is the priority. Just uh, yeah, do my best. Primoz has an advantage because he's taking behind you. You think, uh, and also because he has more experience. I don't know. Um, everyone is alone. Everyone uh, fights with themselves on the time trial. So, yeah, if uh, it doesn't matter in which order we start, I think. Important question, are you going to change bikes? Uh, that we'll see tomorrow. Because you don't know or because it's a secret? Because it's a secret. Because if I tell, everyone knows. <laughs> you, can see, you can see his eyes. Going, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It's sort of like that politician a few years ago. I can't think what it was, some policy, and they said... Why can't you tell us now? He goes, no, I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a bit of mind games there, Gossie. Yeah, absolutely. They don't want to give anything away. Um, but it is quite funny, isn't it, to see them both kind of talking around it the same way. Um, I, they don't full well know what they were going to do. They would have decided that months ago, I'd imagine. But, um, you know, nobody wants to give away anything. It's probably the, the last little advantage. If they, th- if they think there's going to be an advantage, it's the last little one they can gain there, and it's the last one for the race. So they're keeping it well under wraps. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, there's another race in the race in the race is this one, the Polkadot jersey, uh, because Carapaz has got the jersey. And I reckon tonight Carapaz is going to go very easy on the first 27 kilometers and then do the, the time trial of his life of the mountain because the points are awarded on the climb only, the yeah. time on the climb only. So Carapaz, that's the only way he can keep that jersey up to Paris, I reckon. What do you think, Gossie? It's not a bad tactic, is it? Roll to the base of the climb, and then it's only the climb that counts. And actually, roll with your normal bike. Don't even do the time, the the, the change yeah, of the bike. See, too. You, he's got to make the cut, though. 
That's the other thing, remember. Yeah. So you can't ride too slow. What do you think, Gossie? Uh, it's pretty hard to miss a time cut in a time trial. Um, but I have. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay. I think. I <laughs> we, we nearly missed it in um, a Giro one year. It was about a 65 or 70K time trial. And uh, we did it on road bikes. And the, the time cut was about 15, 20 minutes. And I only just made that one. But um, in terms of the, the, the jersey, I think, I think it's a no-brainer. You'll try and get to the bottom there. Whether you rode your time trial bike and you rode it 85% and then you took the time to jump off, get on your road bike a few Ks before and then uh, go full gas. You know, there's there's more on the line than, you know, running, you know, in the top 10, 15 for the stage. If you've got the opportunity to win the jersey, you'd be, uh, be crazy, I think, you know, jump on the road bike and give it full gas. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's only a two-point. Yeah, deficit two between deficit. himself and Pogacar. So yeah. he can't. There it is. Two points to diff. That's, and it's really those two, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gossi, yeah. that was great to have you in the program. Thank you for, for joining us uh, on this time again. Uh, last time we had you was a million time. Well, I think it was, uh, it was awesome. It was good. I know, I, that actually feels bizarre. I know. That we're talking. It was Milan San Remo about a month ago, yeah. <laughs> which meant yeah, it was in August. It's crazy now, isn't it? This year's been uh, absolutely wild. Be, be, well, and we've still got plenty to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, one one last question, Gossie, because I think we asked uh, Stewie uh, this, uh, what, yesterday or two days ago. How about a Paris-Roubaix in about four weeks' time? Would you be love? Would you love to be lining up for uh, a Paris-Roubaix in October? You know, it's, it's crazy. I did a, I can't remember how many Paris-Roubaix, but a fair few, and we never did it in rain. And the chances are, you know, we'll do it in, you know, October, and it's supposed to be much nicer weather. We'll probably end up with a wet Roubaix now, but... <laughs> um, be, it's just a weird concept, isn't it, to think that you're going into a race that's, you know, one of the, the classics early on the season and that's all still ahead of us. And, um, you know, it's exciting. We've got plenty of racing to watch, but it's going to be interesting to see how riders, you know, transition or come out of the tour and what, what riders do, what race schedules, because, you know, there's no, no recovery for this next few months. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Cassie. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. That was cool. Yeah, he's a, he's a legend, Gossie. He's Absolutely. one of very few Australians to win a monument. Of yep. course, we talked about Milan San Remo. Did he did a bunch of Giro's, Vueltas, tours? Yeah. Almost missed a cut in the Giro. Yeah. The TT. <laughs> <laughs> nah, good to have him on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Let's have a look, have a look at the, the map for uh, tonight because it's very small on the map, but there's so much hanging on to it. Stage twenty. Can you believe we've been here? Since Planche de Belfi. Planche de Belfi. It's a beautiful yeah. part of the world, actually, yeah, isn't it? It's cool. It is lovely. Cool. Uh, I was looking at the archives of uh, what we did last year uh, on SBS on demand, and uh, there was a good moment. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, it it's good. lovely. It's I think it's the third, third or fourth time for me. Okay. On that mountain, yeah. we've had a rain soak. That one I talked about with poor old Matty Heyman in his first TDF, but that is a brutal six kilometers. Yeah. It's this Absolutely. is a really tough time trial. Yeah, make no mistake, and mm. it's it, it is really different for what the Tour de France have thrown out. But they somehow nail it, don't they? Yeah. They somehow <laughs> just—it's <laughs> the Truman Show. I'm <laughs> telling you, it's the Truman Show. <laughs> Do you know what? That's right. Uh, last time, last year at this time, we had it was okay, and then all of a sudden, mudslide. Yes. So yes. you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, no, you never true. know what could yeah, happen yeah. at the Tour de France. Uh, but what we know, it's game on. Yeah, it's and, game on. And and do yourself a favor, tune in from the very beginning yep. uh, of our coverage because I think it's going to be plenty of discussion. And, and, and we have yeah, and just to let all of you know, if you're not aware, it starts with last on GC goes first. Yeah, yellow jersey goes last. One minute intervals, and I believe it's three minutes for the top ten. Yeah. So Richie Port will be off around one a.m. But check the guides and 
checked social media. And Richie Port's got 99 seconds to climb. He's got. Uh, he needs one minute and 40 exactly yep. to move into the third. Okay. 139 to match Lopez. Yeah. And 140 to okay. to take. It's doable yep. to me. It's it's going to be a big ask, but it is doable. Uh, last year, the the time trial was won by Julian Alaphilippe. Can yes. he do it? Can he do it again? Julian Alaphilippe? No. Yeah. No? no. Okay. No, he won't. I'm not sure he'll even try. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, sorry. Can I? Go back slightly because really? our man here, we we can't leave him out. Orange jersey. Orange jersey. Oh, his head's a bit skewy <laughs> there. Luca Mezjek, he yeah. gets my orange jersey from yesterday. Second again to Son Crow Anderson. Anderson. He's won two stages. Mezjek twice second. Yeah. It goes unnoticed, and you pointed out, because the two Slovenians that are flying exactly. at the top of the podium. But Mezjek, debut Tour de France for him, Mitchell and Scott. He gets the orange jersey. So well done to you, Luca. We'll uh, just I'll just rest you on the shoulders there of the green and the <laughs> Exactly, because he yeah. can't be here. Like he's he's, yeah, resting, on, yeah, he's yeah. resting on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, yeah. No, you can even do better because you can actually... Mate, I'm happy with him there. Don't, no, 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 don't no, 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 no. Mess Look, up you the can apple put cart. him amongst the old Slovenians. <laughs> it's, oh, it's okay. okay. All right. Okay. He's amongst good, the two good. Slovenians. Yeah, good. You know? Okay. Uh Giro Rosa update. Yes. The race. Let's have a look at the the finish of the stage yesterday uh, because there is a, a leader change. Yes. Giro Rosa. Yeah, Let's have a look right. at the last minute of the race. The steepest section has now gone, but there will be an incline up to the finish. It's not a tough incline, but when it comes on the back of some of the gradients we've seen in this final five kilometres, it will test the legs. I am absolutely sure of that. Once again, we go downhill. And a stage victory beckons for someone. The Malia Rosa beckons for Anna van der Bregen. Of that, there is no doubt. We are into the final 50 kilometres. Elisa Longo Borghini, it is, that takes the stage victory. Italy finally has its Giro Rosa stage. And who else but Elisa Longo Borghini. And now we turn our attentions back down the hill. The Malia Rosa is coming through. The question is, how many seconds or minutes has she lost? We see the clock counting. Michalia Harvey is coming through for the Akeem Polkar team. That is an incredible ride from the young New Zealand rider. 30 seconds she has lost. Down. And now we await the Malia Rosa group. Cecily Utro Bludwig coming through. She will take fifth. What is the time gap? It is 1 minute 18 seconds. A race where you can have many winners in an individual stage. Elisa Longo Borghini. A winner of the stage, Anna van der Bregen, though, will pull on the Malia Rosa. There we go. Uh, change of the guards, uh, mm. because Adamic van Vruten had to retire on an injury. Yep. And, uh, and Amanda Spratt as well had to retire. We talked about it yesterday. But you can't have, like, the Dutchies, they just can't not be on top. Ah, they're they so good. Go, you know what? And van der Bregen is, she's, she's world class. Yeah. And um, so a good leader. Um, so I'm bringing up yeah, the, the classment of the, the stage. Elisa bon, uh, Longo Borghini as well. Yeah. I mean, She's just amazing. First Italian stage when I think I heard him for, say. For a long time, at least. Yeah, yeah, for this edition. Yeah. And I've just I've got to mention her again. I keep going on yeah. about it. But young Michaela Harvey, the 22-year-old, yeah. she's only just turned 22. Yeah. So she's 22 up against, you know, a lot older, more experienced rivals. And she's fifth overall. Fifth overall, yeah, yeah. Brilliant ride by the young Kiwi. So yeah. she, she is a star in the making, that young lady. Absolutely. Uh, so highlights every day. 
430? 4.30? 4.30, yeah, 4.30, one-hour highlights. It'll be on again today, folks, Duo Rosa. And, of course, 9.30, I believe, tonight is the coverage. Yep. It uh, is going to be a big one. Oh, it's going to be big. Uh, it's, been, it's been a good three weeks. Been a good We're not there yet. Just no, don't, no, don't no, get no, all no, don't okay. get all washy yet. Just, just <laughs> I'm together. already thinking champagne. Tomorrow. We've got a day and a half to go. We've got a day and a half to go. <laughs> I wanted to be lazy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website sbs.com.au/slash Cycling Central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until tomorrow, same place, same time. It's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app, and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.